So, most of you have heard I'm going on a sabbatical. It's three months sabbatical, but Wednesday I leave for a 10 day silence. Uh, Vipassana silence. Well, oddly enough, we don't use the word God there. Uh, so, what's nice is you don't have to use the word God for God to be present. God is a word we made up to represent. Bless you. To represent life, love, power, presence, knowledge itself, love itself. God is just a word that we made up that we've agreed to use. But the word God isn't God itself. And I don't know how often we take the time to think about that. The word God is not God itself, just like Christ isn't Jesus, which may throw a few people. Christ is not Jesus. Jesus didn't even know the word. Not part of the Aramaic tradition. It was bestowed upon him many years after his death. But it was considered that he was the that he had the anointing, anointing, which I just described in the meditation. What is the anointing? But the awakening to what you actually are. Do you know that we could all have an instantaneous healing with that awakening? Every one of us could have an instantaneous spiritual, mental, physical healing with that awakening. And I want to be very clear here, it's not that we're screwing up if we haven't had it. There's no cause for guilt. Guilt is the opposite of awakening. Guilt is the opposite of, uh, of the, the awareness of the anointing. The anointing is the willingness to know I am one with this source, one with this supply. And, and uh, the issue for me is that I have a body. Anybody? Yeah. I have a body, and I believe it. And my body, it's not that it's a liar. It's that it has sensations. And I believe the sensations. I believe they're real. I believe they must be satisfied immediately. <laughs> if, I, if I feel, oh, I have hunger, I must eat. Oddly enough, when I have a spiritual hunger, I don't automatically pick up my Bible. I don't automatically read Charles Fillmore and Emily Cady when I have a spiritual longing. And, and our spiritual hunger. Many people have a spiritual hunger and they're not racing up these steps. And so it tells me I'm, I'm more concerned and more believing in my body than I am spirit. And that's why I'm going away this week, those 10 days. This will be the fourth time. I talked about the Vipassana a few weeks ago, but the, these uh, for four, you know, the, in four days I'm leaving on Wednesday. And I'll be, gone. I'll be in there for 10 days, actually. I think it's 11, to the 4th to the 15th. But I uh, don't want to sit. I want to maybe sitting in a chair right now rather than on the floor. I don't know that I can get... I tried getting all the way to the floor the other day. I hurt my knees. And I, uh, I get into the floor without holding on to anything. And they don't have railings for everyone at Vipassana. Nor can you say, could you help me, please? And the silence, they frown upon you asking people for help because everyone is being silent. And there is no indicating 
Uh, Michelle Krepak, who comes here a couple of years ago, she went to the Vipassana Retreat Center and she fell down on a little walking trail outside because uh, they have a little path, one for women, one for men, because they keep us separate. And she fell down and broke her ankle. And she didn't scream for help. She just waved to people until they found somebody that noticed her and came over and got her into an ambulance. And, and uh, I, I, I'm counting on that not happening. Uh, that's not part of my plan. I'm pretty sure it wasn't part of hers either. <laughs> but, well, we'll see. I didn't plan to fall in the basement three months ago either. So, but I, I, I want to be silent to be. And I've said it before, it's one of the hardest things to do. Because you start to realize, my opinions don't matter. Everything I have valued the most does not matter. And I thought, uh, well, then who am I? What am I? And to become no thing. I am no thing. And it, it's, it's the, David tells this joke. Do you mind if I tell it? I don't mind at all. Okay. They're, 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 here. That's, it is a rabbi priest. Okay. <laughs> Walk into a bar. No. <laughs> there, there, there is a priest and a rabbi meeting in, in one of their offices at, the, at their home base, and and, and they're talking, and they, and, and and the priest says, "Here's what it is. I am nothing." And the rabbi looks at him and says, "I am nothing." And the janitor's come along sweeping up, and he says, I am nothing. And they say, now look who thinks he's nothing. <laughs> I thought I was superior being nothing, and now I'm no better than the janitor. And it's like, Wait, we still want to have a hierarchy. Well, you all are nothing. <laughs> Join me in being nothing. Oh, we'd be so free. We'd be so free if I were no thing. And I do put it the same way I say dis-ease rather than disease. We have a dis-ease. We're not at ease in our mind. We're not at ease in our body. We're not at ease in our life a lot of times because we don't want to feel what we need to feel in order to really alleviate so many of these situations and conditions. And the more I resist them, the more they come back to plant themselves somewhere for me to feel them, for me to see them, for me to acknowledge them. Uh, I, I was talking to someone this morning, and I, um, I, you know, I don't know about you guys. I know about some of you, but uh, a lot of times when somebody tells me their issues, I jump into fix-it mode. Well, do this, say this, think this. And I actually had the generosity of heart to say to someone I've been working with for quite some time, to say, do you want suggestions from me or do you just want to tell me what you're thinking, what you're feeling? I was so happy. He said, oh no, please tell me. You helped me so much. You never, ever crossed the line, Sean. I thought, oh, isn't that nice? I wish you'd tell me that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember when he said, I wish you wouldn't cross the line. <laughs> I have never met you. <laughs> this man in the front, get him. <laughs> so, 
So I'm about to take a Sabbath. The three months is the Sabbath, not just the silence. The three months is the Sabbath. I had one eight years ago from here. And eight years ago, I really, really needed it. I had gotten so embroiled in the personalities of the church, in my relationship, in the world. I, had, I was so weighted down by the personalities because I had believed them all, including my own. And I was fried. I was just fried. And I, I couldn't tell you all I did except I went away for three months. And I know I went to Florida for most of it. And when I came back, I, I knew my function. I remember we had a town hall meeting on that day, which we're going to have November 24th. Put it in your dance card. We're going to have a town hall meeting. It'll be my first Sunday back, and we'll talk about my sabbatical. I haven't discussed it with the board, but I'm assuming they're on board with it. I, I didn't discuss it with the board last time either. <laughs> I didn't discuss it with the board last time. They were quite surprised when I put it out in the newsletter that week. <laughs> We're having a board meeting. Nobody told us. Well, now you know. So, not a board meeting, but a, a town hall meeting, because I think it's good to, to discuss what comes up. And last time when I came back, one person, who was then on the board, said, what was your biggest aha? And I, didn't, I couldn't answer her right away. I wasn't sure. And I, uh, about three more questions later, I remembered it. I realized what it was, and I said, oh, I know what it was. My biggest aha is that I'm here to point the way. As the minister, that's my function. It's the greatest gift I can give to myself and anyone else who wants to listen, is to point the way to freedom in thinking, freedom in being, to point the way to help us all vibrate at a higher level. That, before I paint a wall here, before I do any of that, and it was a real blessing while I was away. The congregation, the community, had started taking ownership of the church once again. And they made choices on committees and projects. And nobody asked my permission because I wasn't here. So I wasn't here to say yes or no. It was fantastic. So when I came back, the lines were very clear. This is mine. All that is yours. Because you guys technically are unity. It's not the walls and it's not the floor and it's not the ceiling that's unity. It's the people that are unity. Now in these past eight years, I'm not fried and we are not enmeshed in personalities. And we are getting along quite well. And so I'm not so fried, but I do need to go away to get recharged. I need to go away to remember who and what I am and, what I and find out what it is still that I believe have, I, have my beliefs shifted? Have they, I'm sure they have. And, and, and that's why I, I heard the voice inside that said, start with a 10-day silent Vipassana retreat because it's actually called a course. And because it, what it's meant to do is be a practice for the rest of your life. I have not yet engaged it as a full practice. And, but I, it changes me. Every time I go, it, it shifts me in different ways. Because as I've said, there's no reading, there's no writing, there is no music, there is no praying. People are like, oh, you can't pray. Well, no, you don't need to because you're doing Vipassana. It's just, it's so hard. It, it's, no, I've never heard any, oh, it's a piece of cake. No, it's like quitting smoking. And, and the first time I did it, because everything was a surprise the first time. Everything. So I went the second time thinking, well, now I know. Well, 
many things that I had done before were complete surprises, as if I had never experienced them before. Well, so the third time I thought I got this down. Well, about the only thing I had down was how I sit on the floor. <laughs> because the first time, oh man, I have my little meditation bench, the kind you put your legs under and you sit. That's not comfortable. Some people I've watched, I've watched them go right down and they are at peace for an hour. I, they don't shift. Because me, why am I watching other people? Because I get a little bored. And uh, <laughs> so I got rid of the bench right away. So now I'm, I'm trying to sit cross-legged, but I've got pillows under my rear end. And, and I still couldn't get comfortable. And then they got me a back jack. If you don't know what that is, it's a chair without legs. So it's got a cushy seat and a back to it and I had that with some pillows and that saved me the most and and I uh, <laughs> so I went out and bought one of those chairs after the first time for me uh, they used to have a little Bodhi shop next door to, to the ashram and that's not there anymore but I uh, so I got, I got my back jack I bought pillows I went on a shopping spree and meet at 7 a.m. on a Sunday morning directly from the Vipassana place because you can't just walk next door you're not even allowed to walk to your car while you're there you're, you're there to do Vipassana period and, and and so I bought so you know I had a little throne is what I had there on the floor I had my pillows I found a way where to wedge one under each knee because they have a whole closet full of pillows too but I bought my own for behind and and stuff so I and I have my uh, blanket I put over my knees so just in case I'm doing it wrong nobody can see and uh, <laughs> and, and I was fairly comfortable and last time they gave me a chair as well as a pallet and that that was pretty nice so at night during the discourses I could sit in a chair and this time I'm not so sure about the floor because I tried to get down to the floor here the other day without touching anything and I, I made it as far as the stage you know, I have my feet on the floor and my, 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 my sitting part on the, on, on the stage. And I made that, but I still had to finagle to get up. So it doesn't matter is the point. This is about spirit living, not letter living. On my Sabbath, I am not going anywhere to do it right. On my Sabbath, I'm going to be to learn once again about being. David and I have a few trips planned. I have some thoughts about things to do by myself and people I haven't seen in a while who deepen me spiritually to visit with. And, and so to, to go away and be. I wanna read real quickly here the metaphysical definition of sabbatical or Sabbath. The Sabbath of the Lord has nothing to do with any day of the week. God did not make days and weeks. We're clear on that. God did not make days and weeks. God did not make Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. It says seven days in the Bible, but it doesn't say when they are. And it says, nor has God darkened his clear concepts of truth by the time element, time and his invention of the human. The Sabbath is a very certain, definite thing. It is a state of mind that one enters or acquires when one goes into the silence of their own soul and into the realm of spirit. There one finds true rest and peace. The seventh day means the seventh or perfect stage of one's spiritual 
unfoldment. What they miss? Don't don't be playing what? signs while what? I'm uh, talking what? up here. You're laughing and he's laughing oh. and it, it throws me. I feel like secrets don't make friends, guys. No. <laughs> she was taking a sabbatical while you were reading. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. Fine. <laughs> Can't for, I haven't gone away yet. I can still forget myself. Man has become so lost in the darkness of sense consciousness that he could not save himself. When man lays hold of the indwelling Christ, he is raised out of the Adam consciousness, which is the sensation consciousness, and into the Christ consciousness. And that's when one enters the seventh stage of their enfoldment, where they find rest and peace. The Sabbath can be enjoyed at any hour. We show our ignorance and we limit our happiness by confining the Sabbath to any one of the days of the week. The Sabbath as an institution was established by man. God does not rest from his works every seventh day. And that's the part that jumped at me. The workings of the universe do not take a day off. Vegetation still grows every single day of the week. The animals are still at work seven days a week. It's not like the world shuts down on one day of the week. And so we do not, oh, we must take a Sabbath when it's necessary to take a Sabbath. If we go within and we ask, when is my Sabbath time? When is my Sabbath time? Too many of us wait till we get sick to take time off. <laughs> Saw a hand raise. Uh, yeah, I know. Too many of us wait till there's catastrophe and we have to take time off. We don't have to do that. We can, we can take a Sabbath for an hour. We could take a Sabbath every single day of the week if we want to. We could take a momentary Sabbath. One of my favorite meditations when you need it is Sometimes that's enough to fully connect with the source. In that silent moment, all we need to know could come through. Many of us don't take that long within our day. But we take plenty of time to worry. We take plenty of time to criticize. But to just... Which is very different than... <sighs> the first one was not a huff and a puff. <laughs> If you do this in your car, do not close your eyes while you're doing it. But you can do it in your car. To pay attention. And yet, 
during that time, I couldn't find myself having opinions. I couldn't find myself during those times trying to decide anything. I was very busy being. And I found my body beginning to relax. And I felt nurtured doing it in front of all of you. How many of you did it along with me? Okay, let's do it where everybody does it right here, right now. Very simple. Breathe in through the nose. Let's do it again. One more time. Do you feel the peace in the room? The quiet in the room, the only noise was the air conditioner. And it was not an intrusion. Were you able to release your thoughts? For that time, were you able to release trying to get anything? It's a, so you see, you can take a Sabbath at any time. It's a time of the willingness to connect. I tried to get God to come in. God never left. But to be, and it's in our beingness that we have some of our greatest awakenings, some of our greatest ahas. Some of us today will have divine ideas as we go from here as a result of what we just did this morning. I'm going to read one last thing to all of us. It comes from the book of Luke, chapter. Chapter is it? Oh, yeah, it's chapter 23, and it's verse 50 to 56. And it says here, That which precedes the recognition of life as it is, is rest. This is the true meaning of the Sabbath. The Sabbath is not a day set aside at the end of the week before another week of work begins. The Sabbath is a time set aside at the end of time before the recognition of time as a set of limits ends. I like how Spirit put it that way. The Sabbath is not a day set aside at the end of the week before another week of work begins. The Sabbath is a time set aside at the end of time before the recognition of time as a set of limit ends. The Sabbath is a time of rest in which you will still experience the effects of time but you no longer choose to participate in them. As thoughts come into your mind that are not the thoughts of peace, you rest from those thoughts and let them be healed. During the Sabbath, your healing occurs according to your own willingness to rest. As the mind is healed, peace comes over you, and you no longer fight to take place, oh, you no longer fight to place meaning where there is none. You no longer struggle against the gift of God by choosing to define it, divide it, or judge it. 
You simply agree to be grateful for it and to accept it in its innocence and purity. The Sabbath is a time of rest and non-judgment. The Sabbath is a time of stillness and peace. The Sabbath is a time of giving your willingness that it may be strengthened into full willingness and the full acceptance of life. The only way to fully accept life is to rest from it, is to take your judgments away from it, your opinions, to stop telling life what life is and start listening from within to what life is. Stop listening to each other, trying to tell each other what life is and what isn't, but to go within and listen to the divine voice of what life is. So, I'm going to take a leave for a few months. Some of you will still see me around in different places. And I'm grateful that you came to bless me today because I need it too. I'm grateful for all these years together. Last Sunday, no, the end, last week of September will be 15 years for me here at Unity Center of Norwalk. Thank you. My spiritual growth uh, has mostly been here and my willingness to see past what I was thinking. But it's also been based on your willingness to see past what you think. It's not just me, it's us for all this time. And so Kenneth's going to sing a song of blessing. And then we're going to go, well, we're going to finish the service and then we're going to go on about our business. I have a request. Please show up on Sundays. I've got great, great speakers with great messages coming in. I didn't blow this off. Oh, let's just get somebody who's breathing, who's willing to come in and be paid. <laughs> no, I, I, everyone who's coming is intentional. And our platform assistants, they're showing up to do what they're doing. And those who, uh, Kenneth is showing up to do what he's going to do. And so it's not a time, oh, Sean's away. We'll just, we'll just forget about unity and he'll be back in November. No, Sean is not the church. You guys are the church. The choir is the church. The volunteers are the church. And everyone who comes here and sits in a seat is the church. Everyone who thinks about unity is the church. Everybody who watches on FaceTime is, or Facebook Live, that's what it's called, is the church. I've just been privileged to be up here in the pulpit the most over the years. And now I'm going away to find out more so I can pass along more. So let's listen to Kenneth. <laughs> 